was hopping big. Yeah. So then it's like you can't know. But I am I'm I'm blending in though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it had to be like all white if they were camouflaged for the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, in our yard at least. I mean, <laughs> in our front yard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Do you think we're live? Do you think that I, I made think a cut? we're very close? Um, <clears throat> basking in the sunlight here. Yeah, <clears throat> that's not where we are. Uh, 146. Mm. 147. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm gonna just assume Go for that it. we're live. Go for uh, welcome it. to <laughs> our uh, pastor's Bible study. Uh, I, I can't feel comfortable without just getting this out of the way. It's National Lutheran Schools Week, so I don't want to be judged. Uh, that's why I'm wearing what I'm wearing. So, Well, you're not even wearing all the stuff that you had on earlier. No, you don't I'm even not. have all your accessories. I so. don't. Yeah, you guys are, um, are spared from some of them. Um, but yeah, so uh, welcome back. We are going through uh, the catechism. Specifically, we are in the first article of the creed. And uh, if you have... Uh, the newer, the newest version of the Catechism, it's broken up into uh, three parts, the first article is, and it really goes in depth uh, talking about different, some snow is gone, <laughs> the sun that is very bright crash. behind <laughs> us is melting some snow. Um, good, make uh, snow blowing the driveway easier. <laughs> it's just God's creation, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. good segue. <laughs> um, last time we talked more about uh, the first article from the perspective of God creating everything, and with that, you know, we got into some conversations uh, about, you know, angels and demons, and and um, so that was, you know, it was more of God's creation at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, today, in part two of the first article, we're going to talk more about God's ongoing uh, involvement in creation. Um, because that's, uh, that's almost equally important. Uh, I, I won't put percentages to it, but it's, you know, and we'll talk about this as we go, but if God just created and then, you know, wiped his hands, pulled a, pulled a pilot and washed his hands <laughs> yeah, free of it, it'd be Good bad. luck. Good luck existing. Creation. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be in a, in a sorry state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's, I mean... One, question 131 here. It says, does God continue to be involved in his creation? I mean, we, Yes. Okay. We kind of started to give that away. <laughs> um, how is God involved in his creation then? Well, the, the first thing, I, let me see if it's listed here. No, I, I go to um, the example where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, I think it's Matthew chapter 6, mm. Jesus is talking about, you know, if if God continually cares for the sparrow, you know, and clothes the lilies of the field, you know, how much is he going to provide for you then? Mm -hmm. um, so and I think that's that's kind of what, what Jesus is getting at, is that God is, he cares about even like the smallest, um, you know, like literally like flowers and little sparrows are very small compared yeah, to a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you just think, well, is God really paying attention to every little detail of life? And, and Jesus says that he is. So I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, we believe Jesus. Um, that doesn't mean that we understand exactly <laughs> how how God is caring for every detail of his creation. I and mean, it blows your mind to, to think, you know, like I can 
hardly take, take care of my three children, you know, as it is, you know, I yeah. need, need, need a wife to help with that. And, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is, yeah, I mean, God, God is involved. Um, he provides everything that we have. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we may have uh, mentioned it last time too. You may, may have mentioned it last time uh, in Job where mm-hmm. uh, yeah. God just goes through. And I mean, that that's a long chapter where God just goes through and all these animals and all these things in creation. God is just, it, it's kind of like uh, you, you want a glimpse behind the curtain. I'm just going to peel it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. This These are the things that I do. This is how I care for. And I, I, I remember the specific animals, but like, it's not just like, uh, this is how I care for the horse. It's like mm-hmm. the, the white bearded horse. I'm, I'm making that up, but you know, yeah. like it's, it's specific animals, and God is saying, this is how I care for it. This is how this animal exists. It's because of me still working, you know, in creation today. And um, it's just, uh, it really puts you in a realization where we're so small, yet God cares for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes, I mean, even the, <clears throat> the passage that you were referencing with your children's message this past Sunday about, you know, like asking, asking God or, you know, asking our earthly parents for things that we need. And then, you know, how much more will God also give these things to us? I think Mm -hmm. that's just a, I think whenever we talk about this, one, one angle of talking about does God still, is he still actively involved in this creation is I think we're worried that maybe he's not. Um, And so will I receive everything that I need? You know, or just worried. I thought Jesus was speaking to you know just people being anxious or worried about that kind of thing. Um, but I know we're going to get there eventually too because we're going to say, well, okay, so if God does care for every as- aspect of His creation, then why isn't everything perfect? Yeah. You know? So that's that's the Catechism deals with this. Every living, breathing human being deals with this <coughs> at some point. You know, just uh, you know philosophical <laughs> uh, exercise, I think, that, that impacts us in, in real-life terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so uh, this next question, I think, could be a, a little bit loaded here, mm-hmm. at least okay. the direction that I, I'm hoping we'll go with it. Okay. For whom does God care and provide uh, with his, within his creation? Oh, yeah. So... I mean, well, I mean, keep, uh, human beings are only living things that matter, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, this everything is, else is just there for our use and enjoy. No, yeah, it's, it's just for us, exactly. But it's funny yeah. you say that because I just think uh, the first article, when we look at it this way, I think really puts things into the perspective that they belong. That when God created, He didn't create for humans, right? Mm-hmm. God created everything because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like God in his in in his being God decided I want all of creation to exist. Everything in creation, I want it for myself. Mm-hmm. And we get the we get that flipped around sometimes where it's like okay, God made this earth for us. He mm-hmm. gave us all these things and and really it's God's story. And I think when we realize that, that we were made for God, God isn't made to serve us, mm-hmm. or you know, however you want to dice that up, it, it really changes the perspective and it just 
my like my sermon on Sunday uh, puts us in a state of humility where it's like we God doesn't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. This is this is God's world. God created because He wanted to because He enjoyed it. It's it has nothing to do with me. But then I get brought into the story, mm-hmm. and wow, how awesome is it that I get to to know God and and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is interesting, yeah, to think about. Uh, I'm thinking of Genesis one and God kind of explaining the process of you know what what the well, yeah, what the role of the human beings are going to be. You know, they're supposed to have dominion over everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's different ways to take that phrase. You know, when you I think when when I hear the word dominion, I I maybe do my first reaction is, oh, so I'm in charge of it all. Mm-hmm. But being in charge of something doesn't like usually usually there is there's more of a responsibility for you like to care for the the people the things that you're in charge of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is kind of a kind of a deep thing. I mean, because I know the way that I I was taught, you know, the kind of human being's role in creation um, is to be like good stewards of God's creation. So we actually are supposed to care for. It's like you're in charge of it, but Everything is so is dependent upon you in, in a lot of ways. Um, like we're supposed to actually care for. I mean, you know, just like our children, or but then yeah, like with God, our relationship with with God, like you said, we're kind of created like you know for God. But at least on this side of eternity, God is saddled with having, and we're completely dependent upon mm-hmm. Him. So even though he's the Lord, you know, he has dominion over us, I guess you could say. Um, it's kind of like creation is to us as we are God. to God. It kind of just keeps going like that way. So I guess like the way that we're supposed to treat like the, like the lower, you know, like less, I don't know, sentient <laughs> uh, creation is supposed to be the way that God uh, cares for us too. Like, yeah, I mean, God doesn't just... Um, like we do talk about, like we serve God in mm-hmm. in some ways, but um, he doesn't really. We thought he doesn't really need right. us to serve him. <clears throat> he still he provides for us, um, you know, and and he doesn't just like take advantage of us. So yeah, I mean, I think sometimes humans, fallen sinful human beings, take advantage. Like we look at creation as something to take advantage mm-hmm. of or for our own for gain, gain yeah. and that, that's I think that, that's the difference between. Our relationship with creation and God's relationship with us is that we are sinners and we mm-hmm. don't fulfill it the, in the proper way. But yeah, what, what you said earlier, um, with you know, we are to or creation is to us as we are to God. You know, I just think that is what you know. I, and this is not necessarily, I think, in general, the church has not done the greatest job of of fixing this, but when we talk about humans being made in the image of God, mm-hmm. it's not that like God is up in heaven and has a head and two eyes, a nose, mouth. It's not, that's not. Wait what, a minute. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Jesus looks like that. Yeah. Because Jesus was a because he became person. Human. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. image of God is, to, is talking about that dominion, that having uh, authority over mm-hmm. everything on the earth, basically, you know, mm-hmm. caring for it. And so I think that's a that ties it very well to, to see we are, or creationist us, as we are to God, where 
creation is dependent on us to an extent because God is still involved, mm-hmm. but we are dependent upon God. And so yeah. uh, how God takes care of us, we should see that reflection, or not that reflection, that kind of going through mm-hmm. how God cares for us, we are to care for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different way. I think it's related to this, but maybe building on it. Um, I remember in some, I don't know, some some time when I was learning things, um, there was a discussion about basically is is creation, is this world simply just the stage on which, you know, God's plan of salvation plays out? Or is it something more than that? Because I think sometimes we, we do kind of think there's a way that you can read through the scriptural story of God promising the Savior and then sending Jesus and he lives and he dies and he rises again and someday he's going to come back. Um, that you think like, oh, it's just about human beings and everything else is just kind of fluff. It's just kind of like set designs. Um, but I, th- I think we have to say that, you know, if you, if you read through the first couple chapters of Genesis, you're like, no, like God doesn't, he didn't just create this as some beautiful set design for a salvation play. He actually has a plan for this whole thing, mm-hmm. like grasshoppers and bees and squirrels and what do you say, a white bearded horse or something? I don't know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever reason. <laughs> um, to all be like redeemed and restored, you know, like now, now we'll talk about, I think we're going to go in that direction, like what does it mean, you know, are horses sinful, you know, uh, who knows, but do they have souls? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, not answering there, there, questions. Yeah, 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 yeah there, there is, yeah, I don't know if we can answer these questions, but, um, but I think it, it's more than just I think I think we do. We have like a very diminished view of creation sometimes mm-hmm. that I think I think is kind of unique to the last few centuries of especially Western yeah. thought, where it's become more <laughs> focused on self. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, <clears throat> right now in uh, eighth grade religion, going through the Lord's Prayer, and we're talking about uh, the article or the petition, "Thy kingdom come." And, you know, talking about how uh, God's kingdom is where God rules and reigns. And that's first and foremost in in the hearts of believers. But also, like, God rules and reigns over all of creation. Mm -hmm. Now, the devil is also... There's an interesting dynamic there that we won't go into because he has power right Mm now. uh, And he will until Jesus returns and does away with him. But... Uh, if you think about this, creation, the earth itself, and uh, and non-living or non-human creatures have also been affected by sin. Human sin had a deeper ripple effect than just now for all of eternity or for all of history. Uh, humans are going to be affected by sin, mm-hmm. but you know, God had to. God had to kill an animal to to clothe Adam and Eve in the garden, and before that, you know, animals were not attacking other animals. They're not vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, natural disasters, I, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes erupting, like that kind of stuff, wasn't happening before because it was. That's not how God created things to be. But the effects of sin go deep, 
And so, uh, you know, we're talking about how God is, uh, how Jesus is going to restore creation when he comes. And so, uh, maybe you've had this question before. This came up when, when I was going through, going through this this last week. Mm-hmm. Do you think, uh, do you think like there will be dogs in heaven or like animals? You well, know, the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven. I know. So, really. I mean, next question. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like this is, I feel like this is kind of a, an easy answer. Uh, I think yes. I think there will be animals in in eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I. My, I mean, where my mind goes right away is just there's so many times in the Bible where there's like future visions of the restored creation, and you have kind of the callbacks to like, and the lion will lie down with the lamb, and the child will play at the hole of the serpent, you know, and basically, like, you know, there's not going to be now. I, I guess, you know, you could say, well, it's just like figurative speech. Um, but but there's but there's other but there's other times too where visions of the future not just with animals but it's it's also like um, agricultural things and like it's things about the, the earth so I think it's just it's the it's all of God's creations the width and the breadth of it it will all be redeemed and restored and exist I mean I just I I have a hard time not picturing eternity as being pretty close to like Garden of Eden exactly yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, when we think about the kingdom of God, Jesus' work is to restore things to how they were before sin entered the world. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that obviously starts with taking away sin and the effects of it, sadness, shame, pain, suffering, mm-hmm. cancer, disease, all these things, then natural disaster and so on and so forth. But thinking about going back to God created things how he wanted them. Sin messed that up. Jesus is undoing the effects of sin and bringing it back to how things were before sin. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, God wanted there to be animals. He created animals and put them, you know, on the earth. And so, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. I think. Now, is is Sparky going to be in heaven? Like, are mm-hmm. are you going to know your dog? Well, so that's <laughs> that's where I that's where the conversation <coughs> usually goes, and I think that's um, you know I was thinking about this earlier. I don't I I can't think in this moment if there is a, like an actual passage from the Bible that says something to the, the, the to the effect of only human beings have a soul. Um, Correct me, you know, just, you know I, I don't know. Um, because I have heard some people that say, you know, like, well, there's, there's not going to be um, animals in heaven or in, in eternity because they don't have a soul. And I, and I kind of think, you know, like, well, it is, I, I guess, that, I think that's maybe where you were going with this. It might not be your exact family pet that's there, but I feel like there are going to be other living creature, other non-human living creatures, right. which I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's weirder to think about. Like, oh, they're God's just going to like create you know two thousand new antelope or something you know, like that that didn't live on the actual on the earth in you know pre last day times, or is it going to be you know all of these? So I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that <laughs> one. I mean, so, so I don't know if like my 
childhood cat, Mr. Kitty, is going to, you know. That's good. Um, but then it goes to, you know, like, like yeah, is there is there some type of criteria? I'm, get, I'm getting into the, the wacky now. Is there some kind of criteria where, you know, because, like, obviously with, with humans we have, you know, some, you know, who trust in God have saving faith. Like, you know, they go to, they live with God forever, and those who don't are separate from God. Is there, some, is there something similar with the animals? You know, like my my dog. Well, my dog was definitely a sinner. My, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know that that dog was going to be condemned for sure. You know, I, I'm getting a little bit yeah. too ridiculous at this point, but um, I guess I will be surprised if there are if it's like humans only club. Yeah. In eternity. Yeah. Um, exactly. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Will, will like Sparky the you know the particular. Golden Retriever who lived from 1989 to 2004. Like, will that dog be, you know, in heaven? I don't know. Well, I think we can't know. And yeah. so, uh, you know, if somebody were, you know, I, I would want to craft it in a very kind way. But if somebody were to ask that question, I would say, you're probably asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. You know, because that puts the focus on instead of it being, instead of heaven being focused on this perfect restored relationship between us and God Mm -hmm. you're focused on the details of well what if I have to live next to this guy or Mm -hmm. what you know and so I just think it can be a little bit harmful if we go too far down that and Mm -hmm. like because you know there are people who say well if X, Y, and Z isn't in heaven then Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to be with heaven and and like people are just you know they're they're basing, they're pro, they're projecting heaven based on their experience on earth. Yeah, and that's uh-huh. just, yeah, it, it's going to surpass mm-hmm. everything that this yeah. earth has to offer yeah. currently. That's the thing. I think it's hard for us to even wrap our minds around it. But like, yeah, um, this might sound a little. Yeah, it doesn't sound quite as bad when we're talking about a dog, maybe. But you know, like, if Sparky's not in heaven, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'll ever give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, we can't comprehend, like you said, mm-hmm. like, the fulfillment, the the satisfaction, just just the, just the, by being with God, mm-hmm. there's just, there's no way to even quantify how that will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so you're right. Yeah. I think it's, it's ultimately kind of a fruitless conversation <laughs> that we just had just wasted the last 10 minutes of your time um, but boy do we love talking about spe- mm-hmm. what do we do we love speculating on what heaven's going to be like uh-huh. we love, it's one of our favorite pastimes yeah for real yeah um, you know, I don't know if you ever had if you ever shared this but when you said some, there was something about the, the antelopes uh, one of our professors at seminary uh, Dr. Okamoto he asked the question when Jesus uh, multiplied the fish, did he make them adult fish or did he make them like baby fish? And just like, you know, these kind of things are, 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 are fun, funny, but like yeah. we don't know. But yeah. it is like, a, yeah. you know, just one of those chicken and egg, like trying to wrap mm-hmm. your mind around it. But I feel like maybe there was a meeting in heaven, you know, Jesus, you know. <laughs> Like the father and the son, you know, debate. <laughs> what should they be? Should they be? What age of the fish should they be? You know, <laughs> it's like at a church meeting. You forget the color of carpeting. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. They've got you know. They've they had all of pre time to plan these things out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, healthy give and take. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, anything else uh, from, from that question or from that section? Well, I guess the, the one final thing would just be, I don't know about all these questions, but I do know that God cares about Sparky and provides for him. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it is, yeah, from like maybe human beings providing for those domesticated animals. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, God's doing stuff for all these other species and their ecosystems, and we don't even have any knowledge. We need to talk about that with Job, you know, Job, those chapters in Job. Um, there's just so many different levels that God is operating on to keep his creation going that would just blow our mind if we knew even like 1% of what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's a good uh, segue into uh, this next question. What does God provide for a body and life? Um, I mean, we, I know we mentioned this, we'll, we'll reference this kind of in, in a sermon or in our prayers, but, you know, we do believe that God, every good thing that we have in our lives comes from the hand of God. Yeah. And... Um, now, you might be thinking, well, I know for a fact I bought this from the grocery store. Yeah, I uh-huh. worked harder. I, I put these seeds in the ground, and I cultivated them, and I mm-hmm. cared for them. Well, did you... <laughs> the seed one is good because Jesus talks a lot about seeds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to that I would respond... Were you the one who was working in that seed to, to grow yeah. to grow it? Were you the one who just allowed it to absorb the nutrients? Mm-hmm. Like, were you actively involved? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take everything down to the base level, mm-hmm. you know, everything, yeah. nothing happens aside from yeah. God. How, how did you, you know, you had to have a brain to learn how to farm you had to have good health to be able well enough to to do you know there's all these kind of things yeah you can you can go farther back 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 all the way and and know that the origin of everything came from god even Mm -hmm. though the way we might experience it might be four or five steps removed from that yeah right we talk about that i talk about that sometimes with with the kids if i'm doing like the seventh commandment is kind of where i plug these things in um, just that everything we have comes from God and anything we have is like loaned to us mm-hmm. so and loaned to other people so don't don't take what God has given to somebody else and use what you do have uh, for good and be aware that <coughs> you know anything that God has given to us can be taken away at any time you know yeah. he doesn't necessarily loan it to us for our whole life mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know, if you if your family has money, it's well, yeah, your parents probably worked hard for that money, but where did they get their skills for? You know, how did they get the job? You know, it's, it's far if you go all the way back, it's, it, it, the origin is, is God. So yeah, but with that, we do see how we have an active role in it. Oh like, yeah, absolutely, it, yeah. You know, because I I think that uh, yeah, people you, are thinking like yeah, well, I worked sixty hours a week though for that too, and yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, but, and God blessed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work hard, like, God blesses the things that we do, but he, life goes on mm-hmm. whether or not you, you, whether or not you sit on your couch and do nothing or mm-hmm. you work 60 hours a week. Yeah. You know, life goes on. It's just a matter of, uh, well, is, is life going to be more difficult? Mm-hmm. Has God, you know, God has provided you the means to... Yeah. To do X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. are you are you squandering what God has loaned you, mm-hmm. including your abilities mm-hmm. and and so on? Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. I think having little kids in your life 
because they ask questions. They, they get to the heart of these things where they ask like deeper questions like, well, how did we get this? Or how does this happen? And then it forces you to sit back and it brings God more into the conversation. Because, yeah, because we can't, we go on autopilot and we're like, I'm so busy and I have earned all this and I, I deserve this and I, I did this and I did that and I gave my family this. And it kind of pushes God more to the sidelines. And because we can't see him... And because we can't always know the route, you know that that blessings come to us. Um, it's good for us to like deconstruct these processes and see God as the designer mm-hmm. and uh, the one that carries out these things in, in His uh, delivery system yeah. of blessings. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, I just think about like the delivery system. Just like even something as small as like the bee transferring yeah uh you know the pollen you know like god god has these intimate tiny details that affect mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a chain reaction it's a domino effect yeah. but you know he's got this master plan that everything is important mm-hmm. you know i do wonder and th- this could take us down a huge rabbit hole that we don't need to go down but <laughs> there are certain animals certain insects that i'm like what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. Like, why did God create you? Yeah. I, but that just highlights. I, I've, I've thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Like when I was when I was a kid, I. I don't know. It's not that weird, but like I was like really afraid of like spiders and bees. You know, mm-hmm. I just like didn't you know? Why why are these things that can bite and sting me? Why are they around? And like like the bees one is pretty obvious. Like my parents were like, well, they actually play. A, very crucial role yeah. in in nature. Um, I think the spiders spiders do too, but maybe not quite as crucial. They get rid of mosquitoes, but then why are mosquitoes? Yeah, yeah. You know, like. But I remember, yeah, like actually, one time I was over at a friend's house and I saw like this nasty spider in their basement, and and she she said like, "Don't kill that spider; it's part of God's creation." Oh. and I was like, like I thought she was ridiculous. But uh, but even but now like if we see like sometimes like I mean yeah if we see like certain bugs in our house like we Clark is like well don't just kill the bug like if we can take it outside you know let's scoop it on a piece of paper or something um, right and now you know I don't know Anna, if I'm the only one around maybe I kill the spider <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Anna taught three and four year olds that was like a really tough thing because you know you're teaching this is part of God's creation yeah. and then you find that nasty spider and you're like. Mm-hmm. I just I don't even I don't even want to get close enough with a piece of paper. I just want to yeah. get my long armed vacuum and you know and so it's it's it is tough. I think yeah. what we've said is <laughs> things outside the house we leave alone. Yeah. Things inside the house. Yeah. But even that's not perfect. Yeah. And it just yeah, it's I think maybe there's an allowance in our fallen creation yeah. for us to <laughs> And if not we just that, repent right? of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it is yeah. Um but to the other point just to wrap up, I guess, um, yeah, there are some creatures that we have to wonder. Oh, we don't know what God. Maybe God um, was being a little silly on that one. That's only for His own personal enjoyment. Or yeah. Something. yeah. But we also don't. We don't know because from the original time of creation, the the creation has been broken. Yeah. So we don't know. You know. I mean, a, a lot of the ways that creatures interact with each other are they're they're not the way that it was intended to be yeah that's yeah. that's something I've never thought about yeah. is like what 
how beautiful it would be to see all these negative things. Like you walk through a spider web and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you, you can't get it off no matter what. It's so sticky yeah. to, you know, to see these things that we see as negative be used for how they were intended. And mm-hmm. this beautiful part of God's creation. Like that's yeah. just, that's, I've never thought about that, that but that's pretty cool to, to mm-hmm. think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we'll see it someday. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, oh, so that's what this, that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to tackle these next few things, or do you want to go to the end on page uh, uh, or question one thirty nine? Um, I feel like I think we should. I think we we would be probably doing a disservice if we didn't touch on it. I think. Well, you guys will see. I think these are kind of over-discussed concepts, but they are like probably literally the most difficult yeah. thing to answer or respond to. I just assumed everybody had a, a good answer for this. So. Oh well, maybe maybe they <laughs> maybe they can. Maybe we, we should let them guest host. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Taking applications. Yeah. Uh, question one thirty four. What does God do to take care of us? And then, uh, and then, uh, I'll just read the other questions so you have a point of reference. I, I think these are all closely related. Uh, if our gracious Creator provides for all of our needs and protects us from all evil, why do suffering and death exist in the world? And then the last question: Why do some of us experience more suffering and misfortune than others? Yeah. Um. This is this is the classic question, right? Isn't this well? This this isn't exactly what is it that like the cross of the theologian is the question like why are some saved and not others, mm-hmm. right? But I think I think this is like a close maybe one A and one B, like you know basically why do bad things happen? Yeah, if God is all mighty and all powerful, yeah. Um, I remember one time I was I was in a class. And we were kind of talking about this, and, and one of my one of my classmates said that they they will respond. Someone's like, if somebody tells him about a, just a tragedy that happened in their life, he'll say, "I don't know why that happened, but I know what God is doing, like in response to it, or I know what God has done to start to make things right again." Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's a lead into the gospel. I mean, it's like a law and gospel. You know, yes, there's horrific consequences of sin in the world, and the catechism gets into that too. Um, but Jesus has has died, and He's risen again. He's coming again to restore all things. It doesn't um, make it immediately right in your life, like if you, if like a loved one has died, or you know, you have a, been diagnosed with like a terrible illness or something. Um, but you know that there ultimately is hope. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but I think that, that's the struggle where we've, we've just listed off God being intimately concerned with every detail of life. And it's like, well, if he's able to <laughs> undo some of these things or prevent some of these things, then why, why doesn't he? And yeah. We just, the answer, that I think the legitimate answer is, I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, and it especially gets difficult when he does things sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like you read stuff in the Bible, yeah, right? or even even modern day, like yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. like my grandpa had a 
a very rare form of cancer. The doctor said he had six months to live. He lived 17 years longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why that and not this, this child, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And when you, it, it can really make you uncomfortable and that's not a, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, it, it's okay to be uncomfortable and, and to put yourself in a position where <laughs> even, even if you think, oh man, God doesn't look good here. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't need to have where you understand how he's working and, and he's big enough to deal with you being angry with him, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, but you know, it just, he doesn't need us to be like his defense attorney. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember yeah. uh, in high school, a professor, or not, they're not professors in high school, a teacher yeah. <laughs> talking about like, God doesn't need you to defend him. And yeah. how true that is. Now we have apologetics, which literally means the defense mm-hmm. of, um, but that's more, I think, when we think about apologetics, it's more of like giving answers to things mm-hmm. and doing our best to explain it. Um, and I think the best thing we can explain is, you know, kind of a different question, but when people ask the question, why doesn't God do something? Mm-hmm. I think that's, if somebody asks that question exactly, I think that's just like an underhanded softball pitch yeah. to just hit out of the park. Why didn't God do something? Well, he did. Mm-hmm. He sent Jesus. Yeah. And I think yeah. as much as when we talk about this concept of of suffering and why some not others or why mm-hmm. do bad things happen isn't God all powerful you know all these questions yeah. we as much as we can we want to point back to he did do something about it yeah. Yeah. because there as we already talked about there's so much that we don't know mm-hmm. an alarming amount that we don't know but what we do know is more important than all that yeah. we don't yeah. and so well yeah no absolutely and i think um once once we're on the other side of eternity you're going to reflect back on however many thousands of years whatever that it was from day 1 of creation to the last day when Jesus returned and it's going to be like however the the smallest amount of space I can fit between my two fingers in the time, the timeline of eternal existence. Yeah. So, like, you know, prior to creating, on how long that was, and what's going to come after Jesus. So, I think when, when, yeah, when you're saying like, well, God has, for the eternal timeline, God has done something that's going to make everything perfectly right forever. Um, we get so, I, I think we we think like this is all there is because it's all there is for us right now. And I think we um, we make this the main thing when it's not the it's like not the major thing. Minor yeah, you know. I mean, and I, and I don't mean to. I really I hate to even do it because um, yeah, because there's some discomfort with like some people have had some really awful things happen to them, or people that they that they love and care about. Um, you know, and that, that's the, that question um, one thirty seven. Why do some of us experience more suffering and misfortune than others? Pastor Bugo talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, I think didn't he say? I think he said something about like how his life has been kind of easy, kind of boring. I have always felt that way so far in my life too. Like, my life's kind of been 
I haven't had a lot of bad stuff happen to me, you know. And I'm kind of like worried, like maybe the second half is going to be a lot worse. <laughs> Where's the shoe going to um, drop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, kind of think, you know, that's not like how it works. It's not like everybody has the like same number of things right. and they're spaced out differently. Um, but but there are, you know, this is this is this made me kind of uncomfortable. The first answer to that question: in some cases, we bring the suffering upon ourselves as a consequence of our sins. Yeah, and. We shy away from from saying too much about those things because we we can't say you know like oh well that natural disaster came to that region of the world because of their exceptional sin or something which people have tried to do after Hurricane oh, Katrina oh, yeah absolutely that was yeah, that was a big that was a big thing yeah fifteen years ago or something um, now you you see it in the script like Sodom and Gomorrah they do have it because and God says particular because of their wickedness mm-hmm. and other places too um, but it just doesn't work that way I, I don't think we can like responsibly say you know oh well like this part of the world has got hit by COVID harder than others because of this or something whatever um, but I think that's the the more positive way to engage with this is to yeah to say well this is what God has done let's not focus on what maybe his inactivity at least in our perception. Um, but another another way to go about it, and this is a very Lutheran way, is to say, I don't know why they're suffering, but I know like God lives there. Mm-hmm. Like God lives in the suffering. He he does not create spaces of suffering and push us into it and say, you know, slam the door. He enters into it with us. I mean, that, that's what Jesus does, mm-hmm. um, and that's what He still does. Yeah, and I just think too about looking back at Job. You know, they try to answer these questions. Uh, his friends try to answer these questions and give reason to why these things are suffering. And they missed mm-hmm. the most important. Like, Job didn't need answers. He needed somebody to be with him in his suffering. And uh, I think, you know, that is it's such an important reminder for us because I think we want to have answers. We want to yeah. have a fix to something. And we don't like we don't like awkward silence. We don't like doing nothing. But sometimes doing nothing is all we can do, and that yeah. is what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like to, you know, I would love to know why exactly God does everything he does or doesn't do the other things that he doesn't do, and it just makes sense in my brain for all of that. But, yeah, we have mm-hmm. to just realize our... Our human limitations, and also just like God ain't telling us. Yeah, like he's just—that's not part of his plan. He's yeah. not—he's not telling us. I think there. It's just another way that I think um, deepens our faith relationship with Him because we don't have all the answers, and we we do we have to place that trust. Um. In Him, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there are some things about Him that are unknown. But the most important things that we need to know, he has made known. Exactly, yeah. Us, yeah. Revealed God, hidden God. That yeah. was another term yeah, we exactly. learned in the seminary. Yeah. The, the hidden God, the things that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And then there's the revealed God, and the revealed God is revealed in Jesus. And so mm-hmm. uh, the most important things we know uh, in and through Jesus. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of a better place to... to land this plane then right there yeah I think you landed it yeah well Um, thank you for uh, joining us uh, as we continue to walk through the creed Uh, Pastor Smith do you want to say something about uh, about worship on Sunday oh am I preaching on oh that's right Um, 
Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Yeah. We're over the next uh, few weeks here. We're going to do a new sermon series, and we're going to be looking at four key areas of being a disciple of Jesus. First one's going to be I'll give a one-word teaser, talking about gathering. What does that mean? We'll find out this weekend. Uh, so join us for worship, and yeah, and, and see us again next week for Bible study as we or catechism study. I don't know. Yeah, it's got a lot of Bible <laughs> as we go further in the creed. So. All right. Thanks. <laughs>